yeah, we would just go there all the, like each year they would basically throw the Aussie in and I had no idea what I was doing. I was scared. I was, I was like wearing like woolen socks one, the first time I wore woolen socks because I was so scared that my toes would stick to the, the ice and things. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body and lifestyle. Hi friends, happy Tuesday. I can't believe we're nearing the end of January. It feels like it's going so quickly. Um, I've been so busy. You probably have been too. Uh, Most of us seem to be homeschooling uh, children while also running our businesses or working. So it's all a bit crazy at the moment. But if you feel like you haven't yet been able to focus properly on your new year goals, on your health goals, and really optimizing your mind and body and your longevity and your fitness and your health, then do not worry because I have a very exciting competition for you. I am going to be giving one lucky listener access to my Live Younger Longer Blueprint. Um, This will basically take you through a 90-day blueprint to completely transform your physical and mental health and teach you how to live younger. And it also includes a free DNA test, which is the world's most advanced DNA test. It tests over 31 million data points. You will learn your carb sensitivity, your fat sensitivity, um, what type of sleep chronotype you are, whether you're an early morning person, a night owl. You'll learn your fitness genes. You'll get your ancestry. You'll learn about um, things like cancer genes and Alzheimer's risk. And literally, the blueprint will show you exactly how to put this, how to use your genetics to get to be the healthiest, most vibrant version of you. Um, It also includes monthly coaching calls with yours truly. So one lucky listener is going to win that. How do you enter? All you need to do is leave a review of the podcast on iTunes or your favorite platform that you're listening on and basically screenshot it and then tag me on Instagram, Angela S. Foster. And we will be putting all the entries in together and then drawing a lucky winner at the beginning of February. So all you need to do is leave a positive review, take a screenshot of it. I think you need to do that just before you upload it and then tag me on social media with the screenshot on Instagram with Angela S. Foster and I will be giving away that blueprint together with the DNA test and the coaching with me. Moving on to today's episode, if you've been looking to get into cold exposure, maybe you've dabbled a little bit with cold showering, um, maybe you've done some kind of lake swimming, uh, Wim Hof style breathing, but you really want to kind of optimize this area of your health and create that mental and physical resilience, then I have just the episode for you. Because this week's episode, I am interviewing Lee Ewan, who is a Wim Hof practitioner. He's a practitioner of the Buteco method by Patrick McEwen, the Oxygen Advantage, um, another guest that I've had on this show. And he is also a specialist in cold exposure. And he does crazy stuff like digging himself in the ice and basically digging himself um, an entry point into the lake and swimming in minus two degree water. And when the cold temperature outside is minus 22 
Um, this is in Finland. He's an Aussie guy. He's super fun. Uh, the Finnish guys used to kind of chuck him in the lake every year and he had no idea originally how to kind of um, basically psych himself up for that cold exposure. But he shares everything on this. He shares how you can really use it to up grade your mind and body it's a really fun episode i think you're going to love it so let me introduce you now to lee ewan so i'm very excited to be joined today by lee ewan who is a breathwork practitioner he's an oxygen advantage instructor a wim hof instructor he is an expert in cold thermogenesis and he's also a free drive free diver And this is such an important part of what I do in terms of my own methodology and training the body and mind. So I just had to get Leon to talk all about the cold um, breath work, which is becoming increasingly popular. And if you haven't already checked out his Instagram, you definitely should. We're going to link to it all in the show notes um, because he puts some crazy stuff on there. So welcome, first of all, Lee. It's so great to have you here. Great to be here. And you chose the right day for the cold because it's literally minus 22 here today. Minus 22. This is in Finland, isn't it? That's where you are. Yeah, yeah. It is very cold, and I can't believe how little clothing you seem to wear out in the cold. No comments about the budgie smugglers. (laughs) 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 So, to start off, let's get started off with your background because it's unusual to have an Aussie in Finland and, and literally go and look, deliberately look for the cold. So, how did you get started in all of this? Well, I moved to I moved here to Finland in uh, basically 2008. You know, I was living in the UK. Found, I fell in love with a Finnish girl, of course, and then um, within <laughs> within about eight or nine months of me um, coming to Finland, the whole relationship fell apart, and I I'd had to kind of like I was like, well, where am I? What's happening? So I, I went and got a job in the um, in the city. Uh, promoting uh, technology and part of that um, team was like uh, I guess you could say it's like a, the visit like tourism team and they always we had these Christmas parties they would guide us you know they would say hey let's go to this cottage let's go and experience nature you know they get these you know partner deals and all that sort of thing where we could just basically go to these beautiful places and every single time we went there there was always like we have 187,000 lakes here in Finland so the chances are if you go to a cottage, you're going to find a lake and some body of water next next to it. And, of course, this Finnish uh, institution, which is called Sauna. And, um, yeah, we would just go there. All the, Like each year they would basically throw the Aussie in and I had no idea what I was doing. I was scared. I was, I was like, wearing, like, woolen socks. One, the first time I wore woolen socks because I was so scared that my toes would stick to the, the ice and things. Um, but slowly and, but slowly and surely I sort of, um, grew fond of it, um, by sort of forcing myself to be able to handle it. So I could prove to my colleagues that I wasn't sort of a, like a loser or that much of a a tourist. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So they, it was, I would say also that I've, um, I probably made every single mistake that you could make by like like baptism of fire or if you, I don't know, that's probably not not the right way to say it, but I basically went to the Baltic Sea and learned everything myself from trial and error. Yeah. You're self-taught. But you can get, can't you, for people who want to get started, you can get like cold swim shoes and things that you can put on to help with the extremities. 
Yeah, of course. And there's a, a lot of people uh, asking me all the time. They're saying, "Oh, so is it cheating to put um, shoes on or gloves on or have it have a hat on and things like like a beanie or something when you're going in?" Um, and no, it's not cheating. It's actually a pretty pretty smart thing to do, especially if you don't know what's underneath the surface on you know on the on the you know if there's rocks and things like that. Um, a lot of people, obviously, the first thing that they they feel uncomfortable with is the fingers and the toes and then of course you lose a lot of heat uh from the head so obviously putting something on if you're only dipping in um having a, a beanie like this is fine but otherwise if you have some sort of like a wetsuit or, or some with a hood it's always a good idea yeah so a little bit like when you go into a cryo chamber for example they'll put like you know shoes on i think these like north face slippers and gloves and and a um and a hat for example so talking about the benefits of cold because it's something that i love i think once i've had a cold shower in the morning it means that i pretty much feel like i can seize the day that's one of the major reasons i do it and obviously there are other benefits in terms of metabolism and this sort of beijing um of fat if you like having more brown fat can you talk us through, because you were mentioning when we were chatting earlier that you've had quite a few um, messages over Instagram from people here in the UK who actually are looking to get started. You know, they were lake swimming in the summer and enjoying that because all the pools are closed. And now they've been kind of engaging in that sort of cold thermogenesis in the in the lakes or the um, sea here. How does somebody get started on this? Because Wim Hof seems to go... In quite, from what I've seen, quite a gentle manner initially. And he talks about not over-tensing the body. It's not meant to be, you've got to go and chuck yourself straight into an ice bath, is it? You can build up slowly. What's the best way for someone to get started? Yeah, like um, gradual gradual cold exposure is the best thing because you've got to give yourself, you've got to give the body some time to sort of adapt. Uh, the cold shower a lot of people hate the cold shower because it's such a confronting thing. It's like the first thing in the morning for a lot of people, but that's, I think it's the best way to uh, build up your cold tolerance. Um, As you mentioned, the, the willpower and the sort of um, commitment, I would say is, is that's where that's the first time you're going to see it when somebody says, okay, I'm going to do cold showers for a month or 21 days or whatsoever, because there are like we're just so used to comfort. We're so used to having that warm shower where it's like, oh, okay. And then you're in there and you're daydreaming a little bit. Um, believe me, if you, you switch to cold showers, you save a lot on your your water bills as well because you you're not in there that long. You know, mm. that's the that's the the best way to start. It's it's kind of probably a bit cliche at this point. But it's the best way to start. A lot of other people too, they do like the the face dunks. Usually what happens is people go to the cold shower, they start, um, you know, maybe they'll they'll have a warm shower up until the last uh, 20, 30 seconds, then they'll finish with the cold. So they've got that nice energetic feeling and they've sort of, they're alert, they're awake. Um, and then people start to experiment with the, having the cold water on the face. And that feels really nice uh, as well. And you can actually... And this is by what? Dunking, basically getting a bowl with some ice and sort of dunking your face in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yes. I've done it as well where I've picked up an ice cube. Obviously, you can't, when it's really sticky straight out of the freezer, you've got to give it a couple of, a minute or so. But actually, there's something incredibly calming, even getting an ice cube and just rubbing that across your face. It feels, and it, as you say, it tightens the skin, but it feels amazing. Yeah, I think people, there's there's some well-known people, like I think Victoria Beckham and people like that are sort of advocating for uh, tightening up the skin and getting that kind of, you know, <laughs> 
young look and, you know, no wrinkles and things like that. But what, as to describe why that sensation is occurring, where you feel relaxed, uh, you have this nerve across here. It's like this trigeminal nerve. And that's, it's a 12th cranial nerve connected to your brain, obviously. And it's sort of like, uh, it's like a remnant of our um, water dwelling days, if you want to call, if you want to go back into evolution, right? So we're like water dwelling, squidgy, fishy things. And then we've evolved to be what we are today. And we have this remnant here where this is sort of anytime we get this cold uh, air, water here, uh, it's sort of like a, it triggers this mammalian diver response inside of us. And it, and it basically like it conserves oxygen and it kind of, it, it lowers the heart rate because it, it feels like we're diving down. It, it's, it's sort of like th it triggers this nerve. So That's it's, interesting. And this is what's, yeah. what's the nerve called? Uh, trigeminal nerve. Trigeminal nerve. Cause I know that when you are putting your whole face in, in terms of submerging, submerging, then that is, or your head in, that's stimulating the vagus nerve, isn't it? Yes. So that's also yeah. helping you to yeah. relax. Yeah, the, yeah it's a, it's a, that's why it's such a kind of powerful response um, because you will, if you have like a pulse oximeter, ox, oximeter on, some, on your finger and if you watch somebody do a face dunk or they just simply get the cold, uh, cold water here or ice or something, you can literally see the heart rate uh, decrease from the pulse oximeter. So it's, it's kind of like a survival mechanism. So the body, know, you know, we know that we can't, you know, we can't survive underwater. Like there's no oxygen coming in. So it, it sort of slows everything down. It slows the heart rate down. It slows the usage of oxygen as you're underneath the surface or when you have the face in the, you know, in the little bowl of ice water. And how long do you recommend if someone wants to, you know, do the sort of face dunking how long to get the benefits how long do they need to have their face in and is it a certain time number of times you repeat it or yeah you would you would basically do that um for about 15 to 20 seconds and i must say as well it even though it's a bowl of water there are obviously risks with that because for some people they can they can black out and the last thing you would want to do is sort of you know <laughs> be found with your face you know in this little you know so you have to be really careful with that as well it's best to have somebody close by um if you're if you're going to do that just for safety reasons um but yeah you would you basically 15 20 seconds and then you would do three or four repetitions of that and you just got of course recover your breathing in between uh the rounds so that you're not sort of like you know you don't feel sort of um tight with breathing you're just kind of nice and relaxed and then you just another 15 20 seconds like this yeah yeah, it feels, it feels good. Really, it's, really good. It's a great way to wake up as well. It's for a lot of people. For a lot of people, it's it's a bit of a hassle to do that. So they just do the same thing in the shower. They just get the the cold cold tap. Like they'll have a warm shower and then they'll switch it to cold and they'll just let the cold water just sort of like uh, run down the face. Yeah, I do that. And there's something. There is something amazing. I have to say about the cold rinse somehow of. Even not, I love it on the face, but also on my head. There's something amazing. Yeah. And, and actually, for, for the women listening, we were just talking about skin tightening. It also makes your hair really shiny when you, um, when you close all the cuticles. So like having that warm shower first and opening it up and then washing your hair 
getting that conditioner in while the cuticles are all open and then and then sealing it with cold, you actually get a really nice effect afterwards. But there is something, even when I've been to like a hairdresser's, I'll say, can I have a cold rinse? For me, there's something amazing about having that feeling of cold water running across kind of the back of my head. So presumably there are other nerves and things that are being stimulated there. Yeah, and I think the other thing, just just to um, continue with what you were saying there as well, I mean, the contrast shower where it's like hot to cold and back and kind of maybe swing, you know, seesawing between the two for a little bit, uh, excellent for your lymphatic system, which is, mm. your, you know, the drainage system in your body, getting rid of the toxins. So this is a really good, it's like a flush, um, lymphatic yes. flush, yeah. This is where you do like um, 20 seconds cold, 10 seconds <clears throat> warm, and then cycle that kind of eight to 10 times. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. great, isn't it, for kind of opening up the blood vessels, helping with circulation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's an easier, what I find as well, is for people who want to get into cold exposure, it's a much easier way to get ex- get started because you're kind of like, it's fine, I'm doing 20 seconds, and then your body hasn't quite completely cooled, and then you're doing warm again. Yeah, and and it, it, to be honest with you, um, I, I honestly believe that the cold showers feel harder, <laughs> like myself, after a while. Like I do, I know I do a lot of uh, things that pro- probably a lot of people don't would be afraid of or would think that's wild or crazy or whatever. But honestly, the 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 fact that you have you kind of wake up in the morning, you're kind of like, where am I or what, <laughs> whatever, a bit hazy. Then you go to the shower, and, and I think that's kind of like the hardest thing because it, it it's more of a if I, if I was diving under the ice, for example, I know that I've like prepared before that. I know that it's happening on this date. I'm going there. It's like an event. But go, waking up every day, you've got every reason or every excuse not to go to the cold shower. And then you're faced with the, you know, there's the two knobs or whichever whichever tap you have. You, you, you still have to make a conscious decision to do something difficult, you know. Yeah. So that's 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 tricky for some people. Yes, you do. You do. You're right. But then that's where the, some of the benefits come, isn't it? In terms of that mental resilience, you kind of feel like you're in charge of your day first exactly. thing in the morning. I think the other thing as well is from my understanding and the research I've looked at, you'll know much better than me. It doesn't actually have to be that cold to get some of these benefits that we're talking about in terms of meta- metabolism and lymphatic system. Is it like 55 Fahrenheit or and below that it's that the benefits start to kick in? Yeah, um, basically about if you can get, I don't know what the conversion is, I think at least 18, 18 degrees Celsius. Yeah. And low. I mean, that's when the brown fat um, or this brown adipose tissue starts to formulate uh, the temperatures for 18 degrees and low. Um, and then a lot it of people... It feels cold though, doesn't it? That's the thing. It sounds like it isn't, but compared to your body temperature, that is quite cold. Yeah. Well, for example, later on today, I'm going to go for a for a dip and the, the water temperature is about like two degrees, one or two degrees. And, you know, I have to dig through the ice, but the air temperature is actually 22 minus 22. Yeah. So by the time when you're in the water, actually it feels, it doesn't feel so bad, you know, yeah, it's like cool. you don't notice. So it, but at the end of the day, like, um, I think a lot of people just, I don't, I don't even know how hot the showers are people have. I mean, you can see you, with some people, you really see that the pink, the skin starts to go really pink, you know, and it's, yeah. it's such a. That breaks down collagen though, doesn't it? I, I think I'm, it's, I read that it's actually not good to go in a shower that, that, that hot, but I found it's very individual because I can't even get in the shower 
at the temperature that my husband likes to have it. He seems to be able to withstand higher temperatures than me. Whereas for me, he'd be like, oh, this is so cold. And it's like, no, that's me having a warm shower. Um, Just on that, I was looking actually, so that's that's actually warmer than I thought from what you were saying, because 55 Fahrenheit, which is where I thought it started, that's actually like almost 13 degrees centigrade. So actually even at 18, because I know a lot of people will say, particularly in summer, they can't actually get their tanks to cool quite enough. Whereas um, it's a mistaken understanding that you don't actually need to be that cold. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the effect uh, increases or and intensifies the colder it is. Um, if you're going to do like a full body, if, you, if you're really looking for that kind of the ice bath kind of cold dip, uh, you would need, you obviously you want to get it down underneath 10 degrees if you can. But most showers are like, we have really cold water here in Finland. The showers are super cold here. I, I have never actually meant, um, you know, took the temp like I don't know what temperature it is exactly but I would imagine it's it's at least around 10 degrees on the coldest setting all you know all the way cold so I just want to interrupt today's show to tell you about some amazing supplements that I've been using that have been pretty um, dramatically life-changing in terms of my sleep and also my sense of calm And this is a kind of stack that I've really put together myself and I've been testing on both my Aura Ring and my Whoop Strap. Um, So I've kind of been doubling up on the data to see how these affect both my REM sleep and my deep sleep and really just my inner sense and state of calm. And what I found is that by using this combination, I have really upgraded my REM sleep and my deep sleep significantly. So both have increased by about 30%, which is pretty amazing. And that's even when I'm having a shorter night's sleep. So with all of the homeschooling and everything else that's been going on, I have probably been getting less sleep, um, sometimes only six hours. And yet I've managed to get um, just under two hours of REM and um, about an hour and 45 minutes of deep. So pretty good going. So how have I done this? I've actually been combining lion's mane mushroom extract from Wild Kingdom Extracts with some chaga. So chaga is amazing for the anti-inflammatory components. Um, it helps to boost your immune system. And that's been really helping me, I think, to get better deep sleep. And I've combined that with the lion's mane which is um, has been shown to really improve memory and cognition and also promotes the formation and release of nerve growth factor. So it's amazing for your brain, but it also is um, very helpful in improving REM sleep. So that combination has worked super, super well for me. I've also been taking a bit of reishi during the daytime, um, combined with some lion's mane, helps me to concentrate, gives me that inner state of calm, that kind of zen-like state. And um, so you can actually try these out by going to bit.ly forward slash wild kingdom extracts. I'll link to that in the show notes. And if you enter code Angela, you will get 10% off your purchase. These wild kingdom mushroom extracts are super, super pure. They do not use any kind of hexanes or anything like that, any other chemical extraction process. And so they are pretty amazing. And as I say, I've had these incredible benefits. So just go to bit.ly forward slash world kingdom extracts and enter code Angela to get your 10% off your purchase. Now, what I've also combined that with is some magnesium and my favorite form of magnesium for really helping to really up that sense of 
zen-like state and calm and improve my sleep is the one by Bioptimizers. It has seven different forms of bioavailable magnesium in it. Uh, Wade Lightheart, the founder of this company, went to great lengths to actually get all of those seven forms in there because you don't actually know which one you might be deficient in. And it's super effective. I get feedback, amazing feedback from anyone that I recommend it to. So I've also been taking that one at night and one in the morning. I prefer to split that dose. Um, magnesium utilization kind of peaks around mid- midday. So um, that works really, really well for me. And I combine that nightly one with my lion's mane and my chaga. So if you want to get some Bioptimizers magnesium breakthrough, you just need to go to bit.ly forward slash Bioopt, that's capital B-I, capital O-P-T, and enter code Angela10 to get a cool 10% off your purchase. So that's bit.ly forward slash capital B-I, capital O-P-T and enter code Angela10 at checkout. I will include those links in the show notes. But now let's get back to my discussion with Lee. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a subjective thing too because somebody in Arizona or in Australia, for example, their cold is still pretty cold. <laughs> you know, even you know, if you're walking around in 40 plus 40 degrees, you, go, you have a cold shower, it still feels quite cold but to get the real benefits you do need to start getting down that's why the ice baths and things like that are really popular in australia because it's kind of almost like a really um it's a kind of pleasurable thing because you once you're in you warm you you know the heat of the summer or whatever it warms you back up as well but i i'm i'm a little bit of a um I don't know. Like, I think, I think a lot of those guys from Australia would be surprised when they come here and do like the cold and then they feel that the air temperature is like minus something. It's, it's, it's a whole other ball game when you, you know, there's, you have to really have trust in the body. You have to be able to know that that's, it's sort of like a checklist, right? You're going through, you know, obviously the fingers and toes are the thing that everyone worries about, but you're kind of looking, it's like, okay, feels warm in my chest you know, just slowly move, you, you kind of put the, put the woolen socks on, you know, there's all, I had like almost like a mental checklist of everything that I bring. Like, it's not like an actual checklist, but it's like a process. It's clothes with zips. I don't use clothes with zips. It's all pull on things because when you, if you're a bit cold with your hands, you, you know, you don't want to be have feeling around with zips, uh, mm-hmm. cotton socks. You don't want cotton socks. You want woolen socks that uh, even if it's a little bit wet, you can still, uh, it still uh, insulates and provides warmth for your feet, big boots where you can just slip them on, all that kind of process. And I know that a lot of people in the UK like these, um, these dry robes, these big, these big coats where they have sort of like a towel inside. So they'll, so they'll go for the swim and then they'll, they'll put this big dry robe on. It's got a hood as well. So you can kind of change inside of these, um, these robes as well. But, yeah, it's like a big process and it's um, – you know, I'm not saying that you do it incorrect if you don't have this lengthy process, but it's just doing things so it's quite efficient where you just, you know, because it is an uncomfortable thing if, you, if you're cold and, uh, you know, if, if you're fi- when your feet are cold, you feel every little rock and every little, mm. absolutely everything yeah, on the ground. you're wearing the socks in. You're wearing these woolen socks actually into the water. No, 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 this, no. This is just when you're on the top of the, the ice and you're getting ready to go in. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always bring a couple of two towels. I bring a plastic bag always with me, and sometimes I'll stand on the plastic bag just before I go in if I don't if I'm not wearing because I very rarely wear these um, any anything in. I'm just usually with my speedos or my swim shorts and maybe a hat on, and then I'll go in because I'm a bit, still on your head. Yeah. Doesn't that make you then colder? Because now the ha- the hat has basically absorbed all of that cold water. Oh well, so, so that's if I'm dipping. So if I'm kind of like a lot of the pictures you'll see, I'm usually up to up to up to yeah. my neck, or like I'm holding onto a ladder because there's a lot of safety things too. Even if it's a lake, I mean, the last thing you want to do is, is sort of like throw someone in the cold and have them flapping about, going, "Hey, this is you know that's not it, it's not relaxing." And mm-hmm. what the what the cold exposures become for me is this kind of peaceful, calm, almost meditative um, activity where I can just be there relax, enjoy, focus the breath, calm the breath, have have control of the body and the reactions and just be sort of like there and just listen to the nature. And that's why I, that's why I don't usually wear anything on my feet because I actually like to have my, I like the, the, the mud squishing between my toes, you know what I mean? You're kind of mm-hmm. grounding and or earthing at the same time. So you're kind of getting this very um, sensory um you know, you, you feel you feel things, and I think I've been through um, portions of my life where I don't want to feel things, but right now I really want to feel the things. I, I, there's no such thing as a bad f- feeling or emotion. It's like they all serve some sort of purpose. So it's kind of like this. Um, yeah, it's like my little Zen place, I guess you could say. So oh, just yeah, trying to make. Definitely, I see that. I see that in the photos. I want to talk to you in just a moment about the kind of breath work and how you warm up to that process, but just to kind of finish on the cold then so when people and by the way actually I've done this you can if people want to check the temperatures of their showers you can literally get a fish tank thermometer off Amazon for like five or six pounds and that will tell you how cold it's going but in terms of so we've talked about the hot and cold contrast which actually is helping enhance circulation so because I think some people feel like they can't access this because they've got bad circulation so they you know quite often people will say that they get um the kind of Raynaud's and things like that. And yeah. they, they don't feel that they can have their hands and their feet cold. Actually, in my experience, when you start this process, particularly between the hot and cold contrasting, your circulation actually really starts to improve. It opens it? up so- the blood vessels and, and closes them, right? So if you think about what, what happens in the cold, the same reason why your fingers and toes uh, feel cold is because your body's doing exactly what it's supposed to do and, and pulling the warm blood around your vital organs. My joke is always I've never heard anybody say, hey, my pancreas is so cold right now. I have such a cold pancreas, you know, or whatever. Um, It's always fingers and toes, right? So Mm -hmm. by just thinking about what this is why why it's very, very useful and helpful uh, to think think about what's the body doing, why is it doing, what's the function of this? Uh, It's because it's closing down the the blood vessels to your extremities. So it's saying, hey, these are non- you know, it feels a little, it doesn't feel great, you know, when you have these cold, like it feels like blocks of wood on your toes or um, fingers, but it, it's pulling the warm blood here. It's keeping you warm. It's helping you uh, survive and making it more possible for you to withstand the cold. Um, and then, of course, at, in, the, in the terms of the contrast shower, we're like literally opening and closing the blood vessels. So we're kind of moving. The, it's re- very, very good for the circulatory system. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a workout for your circulatory system. Yeah, so, that's what I found. And or that's you can go in and out before you start. you into the cold and then as yeah. well. 
Well, yeah, and of course, there's so when and just on that, if you if you're taking um, if you have a sauna close by, like I have one here in my apartment. Most Finnish apartments have a sauna, like it's built into the bathroom. So I haven't built it myself; it's just here. And I would never buy another apartment without a sauna. I would say <laughs> it's just such a beautiful uh, thing to do. Um, but there are obviously these um if you're doing these contrast things in nature or if you're if you're literally diving in a lake a frozen lake or a really cold lake and then you're going to the sauna and back and forward um you just got to be really careful of the different um, shifts of temperature um i've i've personally have never had any issue uh, being really warm and then going into the cold but I have had one really bad experience where I've, I've stayed very, really, really, um, I think 12, 12 minutes, 10, 12 minutes or something in the Baltic sea in the winter. And I went to the sauna and, and I didn't take, I didn't allow my body temperature to regulate a little bit. And I went straight to the sauna and it felt awful. I could literally feel the different layers of hot, cold, hot, cold, like, like this inside. And, and I got this throbbing headache and I, and I was with another, another guy. We were, it was like an unwritten competition, actually. <laughs> it was, it, we weren't being competitive, but of course, when you're there on the ladder and you're looking across and you're like, kind of <laughs> another minute, you know, like, are you ready? We kind of had this gentleman's agreement. Okay. Let's, let's both get out at the same time sort of thing. Um, yeah, this was, this was a really intense feeling. It, it was a lot of pressure and I felt very, very dizzy and both of us at the same time got the same, um, experience. So we just went, we exited the sauna, we went outside and we just sort of sat down and, and, you know, it was probably minus 10 that day as well. And we just sat outside and just sort of let the, let the blood move around the body, uh, let the, the. Uh, the circulatory system do its thing and just sort of like uh, regulate the temperature a little bit. And did that but, come back uh, quite quickly? Did your headache? Yeah, um, yeah, it went, it went straight away. There so are the saunas by the lakes uh, in Finland, don't they? Yeah, and yeah. a lot in Sweden as well. Um, yeah, yeah, we have as 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 we were talking earlier. There's uh, we have like 187,000 lakes here, and I think there's something like three point six or eight million saunas here in Finland. Mm-hmm. Like just around (laughs) it's so so healthy and i can see actually just looking at you like how beautifully clear your skin is um you look uh, a picture of health well well they say that (laughs) you're like that's my face cream (laughs) it it hasn't helped it doesn't help with the hair growth though so i mean (laughs) i saw your post actually saying that the the red light unfortunately for you hadn't uh grown hair yet um i got really hairy hands but not on the head no i just (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately it grows where you don't want it to grow doesn't it (laughs) um so on the um just going back then for people like at home doing this initially and then we can talk a bit more about the cold swimming so the other alternative isn't it is to have a warm shower and then finish with cold and if you're doing it that way around how long do you need to be cold for to get those benefits is it kind of anywhere from sort of 30 to 60 seconds up or yeah, I mean, so the cold shower is more sort of like a, I would say it's more of a gradual process to build the cold tolerance and and start, allow the body to start producing the brown fat, right? So it's the, obviously the, if you want to say the goal would be that you were able to take a full cold shower mm-hmm. at some point, you know, whether it's after a couple of weeks of, you know, doing this consistently every day and, you know, like you said, having the, you know, couple of minute shower and then for the last 20 seconds having the cold, then the next day it's 30 seconds cold, 
and, and slowly increasing until the seesaw goes the other way where you're just starting a little bit warm if you want to and the rest of the shower is cold. Um, and, and that has been the most, uh, it's the best way for people to get used to the, you know, wild swimming or doing cold exposure in nature because you'll build the brown fat. The brown fat is a, a fuel source for your body to use, right? So it'll, it, like brown fat actively seeks out the white fat stores, you know, the, the, the bad fat, if you want to say it like that. And then obviously it'll break it down and use that as energy. And that, that's what heats you up. So the more brown fat you have, um, the more likely, uh, the more fuel you have for when you are in the cold and the more comfortable you'll be um, when you're in the cold. So it's kind of like this, yeah. you know, this uh, cycle. So building up first. Yeah. And, and so when do you think, when you can withstand a cold shower for sort of five minutes, are you now ready to sort of start your foray into full immersion? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say you're, you're ready when you're ready here, I think, for yeah, the most part. Yeah. For the for the for the cold shower and for any of these face dunks and things like that, it's more like this, um, just familiarizing, you know, being familiar with the cold, what it feels like on the face, building up the brown fat, understanding what it's like to have a little bit, of, you know, like the chest, the chest and the back, the like, you know, there's the different layers, right? So when you go up to the knees, then you go up past the, you know, all the reproductive stuff there. That's another kind of barrier to get through. And then when you actually finally just go like this up to your neck. That's, that's when it takes your breath away. So becoming more familiar with this is going to be like an advantage for you. So in the cold, when you have a cold shower, when you go to the front and then you, you maybe rotate around to the back, that's the point where you're like, it takes your breath away. So kind of like understanding that that's the moment where you can uh, control your response to the cold. That's that. These are the kind of things that it really um, it gives you. These are the benefits it gives you, like psychological benefits of knowing, okay, Oh, I just got to breathe through this lengthen the exhale. Okay. On the back too, because the first thing that happens, even, even for me, like it's not, it, it happens less. Um, what's the word? It's, it's not a great effect now. Like if I go to the cold, it'll still take my breath away, but it's not like this. It's just sort of like. Breathing into it. The idea is not to like tense up really, really tight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. the mistake people make is they really tense up and it's not, mm. it's not their fault. It's just a natural reaction. It's like a, it's like a sympathetic response always. It's like, what's, you know, this sort of po like defensive posture, you see people get into an ice bath or to the cold and they want to do, they want to do this. And you actually, you actually want to be open. You want to be free flowing. You want the blood to flow or not flow where it's, you know, just let the body do its thing. You, you make sure that you're committed to be there. That's the number one thing. Um, if, you, if, if you don't want to be there and forcing yourself to be there, that's not, that's not what it's about, for me at least anyway. I know some, some people want to have this um, show their willpower and determination, say, no, nah, that's it, I'm getting in, today's the day, and that's cool, but it shouldn't be this sort of, you don't want to find yourself in there where you're sort of fighting it, you know? You want to sort of um, even maybe even surrender to the whole process of that. And so people can take, obviously, to get to prepare for this, to go down to the lake or cold sea swim, um, you were saying that you kind of have a procedure. It's, it's quite interesting to hear that. So you have a sort of checklist. So you have the wool stock. Some people you were saying you don't use it yourself, but have these big dry towels, which just sounds like a big hug when you come out to me. Yeah. Um, and you have a hat on, for example. Will you put anything on your hands or...? Not usually when I'm, when I'm swimming, I don't, or when, like I, 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 I sometimes swim around, but I, I usually just, I just go and get that. Like 
like that's the other thing as well. If you want to, um, one of the big uh, benefits we've not spoken about is the inflammation in the body, right? Mm. So, so that's a huge benefit. We know that if you put like a like an ice pack on your ankle, it stops the inflammation, right? But that's sort of like surface layer. When you actually have this full body cold exposure, you're really suppressing the innate immune response in your in, inside of your body, which means that all those uh, nasty well, I mean, they're there for a purpose, but we're kind of stressed out and the overproduction of these white blood cells are just kind of, you know, flooding your body. And we can actually re regulate that or sort of reset that whole response. And it lasts for about a week or so, six to seven days, this response. So having a having a prolonged cold exposure in, in the water like this, I don't think you get exactly the same or you don't get the same response in the shower. You, you actually need yeah. to go out there and do the... That's why I say that the cold, the cold showers are that they provide you a lot of benefits. But actually, getting in the water and submerging yourself in the cold is the is the way to get the maximum um, benefits. Like these, really, really Which people can do presumably at home with an ice bath. So if they want to make it easier, maybe they don't have a lake or cold water close to them to go and swim in. They can have an ice bath. How long do they? Whether it's whether it's a cold swim or a cold bath. How long do you need to be to get those anti-inflammatory benefits that you were saying last six, seven days? How long do they need to be submerged in it? About at, at least 90 seconds or so. About 90 seconds Not or so. Long, enough, enough, for, enough for the body, um, enough to sort of like give it a little shock to the body. Obviously, if you do the same, if you do the same thing every day, um, your body gets really accustomed to that and like, but you'll still, you'll still get these, uh, respond, you know, you'll still get their benefits. Sorry. But I think that, um, one thing to what I, what I encourage a lot of people to do is, you know, where, where's the, where, how do, how do you progress with this? You know, like you start with 90 seconds, then what do you do the next day? You go to two minutes, then in a week you go try and go to five minutes and then, there's a, that's a limited sort of, you can only keep going for a certain amount of time before it's like, okay, what are we up to? Like an hour now, you know, and that's, it's just not sustainable. So what I'm uh, teaching and uh, guiding people with is time, the recovery, time, the recovery from the cold. So that the, what, what is the time from when you exit the ice bath and you do, let's say you do five minutes, you work your way up to five minutes. If you're doing five minutes, time the recovery from when you feel like you might get those little jitters you sometimes get those little uh, you know an hour later or 40 minutes later or something you've still got those little oh i'm still a little bit cold just time yourself when do i feel totally recovered from the cold that's a really healthy way to measure your mm. cold you know the response to the cold and your progression actually because what as you get as your body kind of adapts then basically you're able to warm yourself up more quickly afterwards yeah. Um, yeah. What I've noticed is like it does take time, doesn't it, after that cold exposure. And for me, particularly, it depends on the outside temperature as well. It depends whether I've done a really cold walk before. It depends, I think, on a lot of things. Um, you've eaten something, you've had coffee yeah, beforehand. I, I can't do it after eating at all. So for me, this has to be done completely fasted. It feel it would feel unpleasant to eat and then do this. And, and then I would also say it's the wisest thing to do because if you wake up, like like I've woken up this morning, I've just had my, like obviously I drank a fair bit of water and I've just drank a little bit more water, but I've had my black coffee. Um, I'm in a fasted state. Doing cold now will only, it's like a turbocharger for the fat burn, right? Yeah, that's so what I if use it for. 
if that's one of the goals that like people have for fasting or intermittent fasting, um, it's a it's a turbocharger for your fat burn because that brown fat when you're in the cold, your your metabolic rate increases 350% when you're in the cold, if you're like in a full submersion, right? So the brown fat goes through all that white fat stores, breaks it down, uses it as energy. And it's, it's a very, very, uh, I mean, you're burning a lot of fat. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, where I'm going with that. It is, and I think that morning routine is actually a really, effort, I use it with so many clients. It's just such an effortless way to stay lean, isn't it? And you get all the health benefits. And like you, I do this, exactly the same thing. It's like, uh, black coffee because it helps i've just had one while i was speaking of fatty acid oxidation um actually like some fasted movement even going outside when it's cold and if you've got your hat on and your gloves and the right footwear but then you're exposing your skin you're getting the benefits from the light and you're getting the benefit from that cold and oh, look, the best thing like the the if you want to say like what's the best stack you know in in this uh fitness world there's like you stack your creatine and your protein and all that kind of stuff the best stack for cold exposure for sure is to go outside and do it in the morning like now we have this beautiful i can just see the sun coming up now uh you know maybe 10 a.m here and the sun's just starting to peak up um but go outside in the so that you like maybe facing the sun so you get that nice you know your circadian rhythm uh you're getting the you're getting that uh light at the start of the day um on your on your skin uh you fasted you go in there you have your couple of minute cold exposure and then you can you don't you actually don't need like i don't need to eat anything for even hours after that i don't feel hungry after i do that and if you want to you can take a sauna um after but i like the i like to know that my body's got it you know Mm-hmm. I like to know that my body's actually got it. And the other thing I forgot to mention as well is that if I've, uh, we, we spoke about it before with, if I don't have the, um, any socks on or anything like that, and I've just put my feet in, I love the feeling of the mud and the, being grounded and having that earth, that connection to the earth. I really love that feeling a lot. Obviously it makes, if you don't wear anything on your feet, it, it is, it does feel a bit colder when you get out and everything. But it gives you so much more. I think the benefits far outweigh the feeling and that, that sort of like, um, um, what's the what's the what's the thing I'm talking about? The uh, charge, the negative charge that yeah, you get. Yeah, the from, negative charge from the Earth's electrons. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. The ground experience. Just ticking off these things, you know. And then if you if you've got a couple of friends or mates, to it's a it's a nice social experience, you know. Um, it's always good to do that, by the way, with someone else around because. Um, even though the Baltic Sea is not the most, it's not the wild sea, although I have seen it pretty wild, uh, like with the storms and stuff, um, it's still nature. It's still unpredictable. You don't know if something's uh, flown, you know, like uh, moved or shifted to that same little spot that you've been uh, dipping in every every day. There are variables. There could be wildlife around or something like this. You just never know. So it's always nice to have somebody there to help you. But it, it, that's why I think it's the best stack because then after you feel so you, you've done all these things, you've gotten the light, you're burning fat, you're uh, grounded, you're in a social setting where people are hugging and saying, Oh, I feel so good. And you maybe enjoy a little cup of tea or something together or have a, maybe a breakfast after that break the fast. It's, it's the, it's probably one of the best things you could, you could do for yourself, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. It's amazing. Amazing feeling. Um, and so talking about the breath, because this is something that um, I've got, you know, really interested in and interviewed a few people recently. And I know that you are um, 
an oxygen advantage instructor and a Wim Hof instructor, um, I found that the breath is such a powerful entry point to really relaxing and kind of accessing that parasympathetic nervous system. Do you use breath work as a warm up for this cold exposure um, in terms of sort of centering yourself and managing the breath? How, how does your routine look around that? And um, yeah, just explain for us more about how people can kind of start getting um, started in breath work practicing. Yeah. So I don't, I guess, I, I guess when I began, it become, it was a very big thing um, because like, if you think about the cold, as we, as we mentioned, the first thing to go is the breath. So being able to control your, control your breath means you can control the reactions in your body and can, and basically influence the nervous system, right? It's, if you're like, like this, you're in a sympathetic state and it's like the, the, you're in a fight or flight response. The, the chances of you really wanting to stay in the cold are kind of like diminishing if you're like breathing like this. Likewise, by the way, if somebody goes in, I've seen it so many times, if somebody is, is un, non-committal or they're just, they're, trying, they're just sort of they put their foot in or they go up to their knee, that you can the longer they stay up in their knee that almost you can almost guarantee that they're it's like they're going to go in and then they go up to the knee then it's like no they're not going to go in because it's it's you all of your your nervous system is sort of saying okay there's a threat here to your legs mm-hmm. everything else is fine but your legs it, it sort of intensifies the this feeling and your legs are like oh so, so you just need to kind of go straight in yeah you've got to be committed to the thing which which is all about like initially this was about the breath for me because you would center yourself with the breathing you would be like okay calm the breathing like this and the, and the cold showers kind of teach this as well right so when your breath is being taken away it's like okay now i've got this just breathe through it breathe yeah. through it stimulate the vagus nerve lower the heart rate you got this you know it's a much more calming breath and this is, this is also a good time to point out that the Wim Hof method breathing, um, you know, this kind of like hyperventilation and <sighs> this is not what we want to do in the water or anywhere near the water. It's not, it's not at all what we want to do because uh, people like um, feel dizzy from doing this kind of breath work and the last thing they want to do is feel dizzy and then go into the, you know, maybe pass out or that you know there are those dangers of sort of passing out and waking up and the first thing you do is breathe in the water so it's kind of like all about relaxing calming um, peaceful and hopefully eventually enjoying that moment so calming the breath committing committing to the thing entering the water um, lengthening the exhale is key so a lot of this pranayama style breathing where it's maybe um, one one to two ratio. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is one. Breath, where it's kind of in. Double up and exhale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some other little things if you can manage it. I mean, if you want to maintain the heat inside your body, breathe through your nose. Breathe through your nose. If it's a, if it's a really cold day, mm-hmm. you can see somebody breathing through their mouth. You see all the condensation. That's that's moisture leaving the body. That's heat leaving the body. Mm-hmm. So if you can manage it, it's it's a bit tricky at the start because the first few breaths you'll, but then as soon as you're able to close your mouth and just breathe through your nose, you can you can keep that heat inside. And and, and yeah, there's so other little it heats up, doesn't it? The nasal pathway heats up the air that's coming in as well and prepares it so it enters yeah. the lungs at the right temperature. Yeah, 
And then, of course, if you think about it, we just don't want to give the heat away. I mean, you have the mouth open and you're giving the heat off like that. Yeah, definitely. So it's calming breath in preparation, but then separately, we can actually use something like Wim Hof style breathing as because that has um, anti-inflammatory benefits in and itself, doesn't it? Um, But you would encourage people to do this away from that cold shower or afterwards or cold exposure, whether that's a lake swim, a cold bath, whatever it is. I'm just thinking more here on daily routines. I know that some people are like, how can I set myself up to start the day in the best way? And maybe they're doing this before, you know, at the moment they're not going on a commute, but before they're starting work, something that they can fit in as a daily practice at home. Sure. So the, I think for the Wim Hof method breathing, I think it's a good practice to do if you want to incorporate it into a, a daily rhythm. Uh, it could be the first thing you do in the day. So, because it's quite a, it can be quite intense uh, style of breathing. You are really um, playing around with the, uh, with the oxygen. You're creating an alkaline state in the body. Very, very nice things. Um, but you don't want, it's not like it's something you'd ever do driving to work and like, you know, you'd never do, exactly. never do that. I've, I've, I've heard some people have done that before. I don't know where they got the idea to do oh, that. Wow. Okay. Maybe they got inspired by hearing Wim on the radio or the on YouTube or something, and they were like breathing along with Wim on the way to work. But yeah, not, not nothing like that. It's it's again. This is kind of like a. It should. I I think it's for your personal practice. You know, of course you get these nice health benefits. Of course we know that the uh, you can create an alkaline state in the body. You can uh, stop the infl- inflammatory response with the breathing, and you know the some of those so-called stress hormones are a key factor in that toying around with those. And you do feel that euphoric feeling. It's a great thing to do uh, in the, in the morning, but then if you're going to go to the cold shower after, just have a bit of space in between, have some water, relax, minutes, uh, like re, 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 you know, just enjoy that nice moment as well. I think, um, spending 20, 30 minutes on some sort of breathwork practice, you should actually, enjoy those moments the 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 little um you know that kind of moment of clarity or that sort of uh, sometimes i feel quite emotional if i've been breathing you know i'm like quite grateful or thankful for things and it gives me this nice moment to sort of reflect on some of those things and then i go to the cold shower then i'm like oh okay now now i'm ready for the day you know but always always have a little bit of a a gap in between so you almost use that breathwork practice as a form of meditation um Because I often will use like the 2x breath as an entry point into a meditation or I might go and do the breathing separately. Um, But yeah, I suppose suppose the thing is you are in, by the time you've done those rounds, you are in a pretty meditative state, aren't you? Oh yeah. I mean, some of, sometimes some of the things, some of the practices that I've done, I'm like completely, completely gone and I kind of wake up and I'm like, Oh, I'm back again, or I'm here again. You know, like it's just so peaceful that you sort of, you you, you just, it, I can't explain it. You go somewhere else. It feels like you go somewhere else. Mm. And I think, per, like, it's not a surprise to hear that you said this uh, two times breath and uh, is quite useful to enter enter into a meditation because I think uh, overall, from my experience, I think uh, ladies are much much better at doing this than guys. I think um, I, I spoke to you a little bit uh, before we started that. For me, the breath work, like my mind goes all over the place and, and being able to f- focus on nothing, like which is kind of meditation, not thinking about anything, just kind of being in the moment, that was quite tricky for me personally. So I just needed one thing 
uh, to focus on. And, you know, even if it meant that I was counting breaths, 30 breaths or whatever it might be, or, or, or counting the length of the exhale or counting the length of the, like the pause in between the inhale and exhale, these were quite, um, it, it blocked out all the other stuff at least. Yeah, and it is quite grounding, and I think uh, that's where. So when I when I do it there, I would use a mantra. So, but it's like almost like your subconscious is suggesting that mantra to you, so that it's not. It's quite effortless, but it's coming up. So every time there's a distraction of a thought, and the other thing that I found made a difference because I know, like with breath work, often it's doing it laying down. If you're if you're going to meditate instead, I've actually found better benefits with music as I meditate somehow that just really helps me access with headphones in and then um just the the back straight and supported that seems to make a huge difference if your back is straight and supported but the head is free that's what allows you to get that kind of head drop and you're slipping into your brain waves are slowing down and you're slipping into that state where you kind of are entering what I think you're doing with the breath, which is the bliss field, right? That's where you're going with it. And, and I think also not putting pressure on yourself, right? You're not always going to get there. Sometimes you're not, but even if you've got lots of thoughts, you're kind of burning off that stress. And that in and of itself is a good thing because you're going to be so much better in charge of your day emotionally anyway. Um, yeah, it's a good point. And, and also if you're, that's why I also, for especially a lot of guys, cause guys aren't so familiar, like on the whole guys aren't so familiar with, um, yoga, right. And having this kind of like Lotus or half Lotus, um, like, you know, seating position where you kind of have the, have the feet up, you cross the, cross the feet up. It's actually, um, if you have something behind you, like a wall or something, it's, 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 it's designed, it's kind of designed so that you can't actually you always fall like you can't fall back and hurt yourself if you're if, if the breathing goes to a point where you're sort of so it's quite a, a it's supportive it's good for your posture but it's also a kind of protective measure too so you're more likely to fall <laughs> fall forward not back and hurt yourself so if you have something behind you you can kind of sit cross-legged there and you still have that freedom to move your head and here's the other thing we talk about stack before st- stacking things um i think you said you have a red light do you have like one of those panel yeah. lights yeah, I do. That's another thing. So if you want to have your 15-minute uh, um, red light session, uh, therapy session, switch the light on, put some nice binaural beats in or some mantra, mantra or something like this that, that uh, you, you know, where you can focus and sort of like have an intention for the day and practice some breathing um, exercises. That's, that's an easy way to sort of tick those things off. And sometimes I've even done it where I'm kind of on a – uh, if I'm laying down, I can use the spike um, in the adductor mattress. Yeah. So I like that too. It's but that's, that's also kind of really really calming the nervous system. So I love I love doing that that work in front of my red light. I think it um, there's something very healing and just the slight warmth from the red, but yeah. also it's it's a really effective way, particularly like it's it's light here now, um, and it was dark when we started, but of simulating that sunrise and obviously all the benefits to the the mitochondria. But yeah. it's um, so I'm interested there because you were talking about doing the breath work in that lotus position, which is one of my favorite positions. And so you would do that rather than the laying down. Cause I know when you start the Wim Hof style, um, his course, actually he talks about lying down. And I think that's because people get so lightheaded initially, he's worried about that falling. Is that why? Yeah. I would say that for me 
personally, I think if you're going to do Wim Hof method, I think it's usually a good idea to lay down because sometimes you get more, for lack of a better word, inspired. You want to go a bit further with it maybe because it feels good or it's like, hey, let's go. Because, you know, you've got these pauses where you're kind of stretching those out. And it's, mm. I, I like to say it's like an elastic band where you, that pause becomes like a, you stretch it out a little bit further. Then you do another round. It's like, okay, let's take that a little bit further. Okay. And then, you know, so, and sometimes you might, you might feel inclined to just go with, go with the flow of that. And that, that's usually the time where you kind of, you have that moment where you, 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 um, I, I, so you could say you lose consciousness, but maybe you're in consciousness in a way, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like I said, you're kind of somewhere else and you have this, uh, sometimes I've had these lucid dreaming uh, moments or I've had these, you talk about the red light. I, I see a lot of visual things when I have the, the red light there and I've had my eyes closed. So I, I often see quite uh, visual things there. Um, so for this kind of heavy sort of in a way, hyperventilating, which is sent, like we kind of demonize hyperventilation, like it's a, a negative thing, but all it is is actually breathing more than the requirement of your body. Mm-hmm. We're trying to breathe more than the, re- the natural requirement of your body. And that's, that's kind of one of the beauties of it because we can kind of toy around and tinker around with the, well, with the alchemy inside the blood as well, right? Getting to an alkaline state, letting the, ga- the, the, the bad, the naughty gas CO2 build up. And these kind of things, that's why, that's where the magic is when we can kind of start controlling those, um, the alchemy inside of our body. I mean, I've uh, done it sometimes with a pulse oximeter on just to see what's happening. And I found that when I'm doing those breath holds, I can go from sort of 98, 99% blood oxygen down to about 73%. I've not ever got it lower than that. And at that point, you're feeling quite lightheaded. I know, you know, um, Niraj Nayak, who runs Soma Breath, he talks about getting down even as low as sort of in the 50s. Yeah. Um, and I think that that scares people initially. They're like, I don't want to do that. It's actually quite an amazing feeling, isn't it? But that, can you just explain for people, because the exchange of the CO2 and the O2 is really important and what you're doing there with the balance. Yeah. Well, the, the thing to remember as well is that CO2 is, is not the, it's not the naughty, it's not a waste gas. Well, in, in, in a way, we, we do need to remove it from the body. It is sort of an acid for the body, but it's the, it's the trigger to release oxygen. It's the trigger to release oxygen, which is why in Oxygen Advantage and all these different methodologies, uh, we're promoting the, the, the possibility to um, allow for the CO2 to build up. So we're talking about like a normal breath might look like a four-part breath where you have a gentle pause, then you inhale, so you bring oxygen in. Uh, Now I'm breathing from my mouth so you can hear that, but breathing in, then you have a little pause at the top, again, allowing the CO2 to build up and thus triggering the release of the oxygen slightly, then letting go, breathing out, then a little pause. So breathing out through the mouth or through the nose, because I know when I was speaking to Patrick, he was very much in favor of breathing both in and out through the nose, which was not something I'd come across before. It was more I'd I'd always had it as like, obviously, Wim doesn't seem to care. You can do full mouth breathing. But with most other breathwork practitioners, they seem to say in through the nose, out through the mouth. uh, Yeah, to be honest, I breathe in and out through my nose as Mm -hmm. much as possible. Because, because of that nitric oxide retention. So, so when you're breathing in through your nose, you, there's this molecule um, that is produced in the, it turbinates up here in the paranasal sinus. So it spins around because of the pressure of breathing in through your nose. And then it creates this molecule 
called nitric oxide. It's a vasodilator, which opens up, um, um, like basically opens up everything in your, in your lungs, but it's also... Uh, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And antifungal, antibacterial. And the way to retain that is breathing in through your nose and then breathing out through your... Oh, like, I see. You nose. retain so it stays out through the nose. That's yeah, yeah. That, 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 really, really I quite understood. Mm. Yeah, it creates a really, really healthy environment up here. When you, hey, you think about your breathing infrastructure. I mean, your sinuses go up here, they're here. If you were, if you take your tongue now and you put that behind your two front teeth and you roll your tongue back, the hard palate to the soft palate, don't put it all the way down. But I mean, that's even a, like, that's a, quite a length there, right? Mm. So you think about, and then you, you puff your cheeks. You've got all this area too. I mean, the the whole face is just breathing infrastructure, and you know that just about everything's there for a reason, including all those naughty little, you know, those annoying little hairs that we have there in the nose, the wet stuff, the the mucus uh, that sort of um, you know they attract all the bacteria,s and it's a it's a very complex system. We mentioned earlier about the humidification of the air the temperature regulation of the air so it's much easier to come into the to the lungs it's very very delicate and think about this too so the bacteria gets caught here and then usually they gets moved to the back of the throat and then you know what i mean when you've got that sort of you know it's not quite nice you know that kind of thing and it it literally goes down your throat into a pit of acid i mean it's a very very it's a it's a, almost like a flawless system it's clever very clever but, but you only get those benefits if you breathe through your nose. And the, the, only, um, the only real disadvantage of exhaling through the mouth is that you really do expel a lot of, uh, a lot of CO2 that way, which, is, which means that you're less likely to have that CO2 inside, which is the actual trigger to release, you know, release the actual oxygen into your bloodstream. So you need that CO2 to increase so that the uh, oxygen releases. The exchange and better oxygenation of the organs. Um, yeah, and, and, and that's one of the reasons actually, like I love doing nasal breathing in the forest. I live really close to, to forest and it, it's so beautiful because actually there's more nitric oxide available as well in the forest, isn't it? Coming from the trees and things. And you can almost start to, it's weird, but you can sense that sense of relaxation when you're there. It's just for me, the one of the most incredible places to really be mindful. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the, the, we're so fortunate here in Finland. I mean, we have like, like I said, 187,000 lakes. We have uh, the three quarters of the whole country, like 75% of the land mass is covered in trees. We, there's a lot of studies now that show that Finland, of all the countries, Finland has the, the freshest, cleanest air, the way that it, the, the wind and everything travels with all these trees and the, the taiga forest, which is at the top of, around the top of Russia and everything, which produces, a, I don't know if it's like one third of the oxygen for the world or something like this, or maybe even more. Uh, this is really close by too. So we get this, we have the freshest air here. We just, it's just sort of like a, um, yeah, it's a, a perfect uh, environment to, to, to be in. And then we have this beautiful sauna thing that's, you know, it's the only Finnish word in the English dictionary. So We all say wrong over here because we all call it sauna when it is yeah, sauna. Yeah, so. <laughs> I still can't get out of the habit, but, um, yeah. but, but like there's a W in the middle of the sentence, in the middle of the word, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, yeah, it, yeah, that's everything's kind of 
friend, uh, pronounced frenetic over here. You, you, you say all the words. That's why my name, Lee, is like I've been called everything over here because it's spelled L-E-I-G-H. I've been called leg and leg and lev and leg or everything. Well, so, it's interesting, actually, because we have a town near here called, so where I grew up, we had a, a Lee spelt the same way and it was called Lee. And then here we have one and it's called Lai. And it's like, how does that oh, happen? Yeah. It's really- well, it's in, in Celtic, it's a, it's a field. It's, it's, uh, it's what a field that's it, what a field means in this uh, Celtic language. Yeah. Is it? Interesting. Um, so um, the last thing before you go, because you've shared so much there is, and I think this is what a lot of people struggle and um, pe- Patrick did explain it, but I think it would be helpful for people who haven't either listened to that episode or just struggle with it generally, because I know I do. And this is the biggest thing for me is I'm great in nasal breathing until I go for a run and this is where it starts to get really hard. And I think a lot of that is actually driven by the fact that I do get allergies to, so I do get a bit of hay fever and you need to have a clear nose. So that, that, that stuffiness is what leads to me then start to mouth breathing. That obviously puts you in a more stressed state and you get less oxygen. So your performance goes down. How can you clear the nose in that situation um, to encourage that nasal breathing? Yeah, it's a, it, it can be a tricky thing. Uh, I think that it's um, I think it's almost three quarters of every like the whole population has missized nasal uh, sign um, yeah nostrils too. Mm-hmm. So there's like this unevenness. Like for example, my father he has like a deviated septum in a big way. He's a rugby player, so he has like a lot of <laughs> a lot of breathing issues. But his nose is quite smashed down. So but naturally, a lot of people have these misshaped nostrils. So there's often feels like there's more of a pull on, on the inhale in the left side or the right side. And then factoring in the time of the day, the left, the left nostril is more active and more open in the morning. And then the right nostril, all of this sort of sun, like the moon, lunar and the, you know, the sun and all this sort of thing. So, um, but when the, that's that you're right, it's the biggest thing because people are sort of like when they're running, they're active, uh, it sort of opens up and then they feel that, that, you know, it starts to warm up and it can leak out a little bit like this as well. I know that there's, uh, I know Patrick and other people have got these exercises where they basically pinch the nose and they sort of yeah. they nod the head, those things. Um, but personally, I think the, the, without doubt, the most beneficial one is the alternate nostril breathing. So, so basically, well, I, I won't cover everything, but basically you're just sort of like breathing in. And then you switch over and you're breathing out. So you're creating this V-shape. So it's like then back in. Alternate nostril, actually, because I know it's really good for relaxation. That actually helps unblock it as well, does it? Yeah, big time, big time. It's the one, it's my go-to for sure. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to say, hey, do this and nod your head because then someone on the other end is going to be doing this to me and it's like, okay, get your camera ready. No, no. But, <laughs> but it, it does work. It does work. But I would I would say that uh, this alternate nostril breathing is really, really, really um, beneficial. And there's also one other thing. I'm just trying to think if I've got it. Um, you can actually get these nasal dilators. Um, forgive me one second. I, I'll show you. I'll show you. I've got one hanging around here somewhere. So here we go. Yeah. So you can get these nasal dilators. So for some people that have a little bit of an issue, these are like fresh. So I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. 
this is like a completely new one. So I've got, I've got a, it's a, it's a, so you take this away. This is like the seal of breaking the seal kind of thing. So you take, remove this thing. And what it is, is it just, it's like this. It's got a little clip. A little yeah. clip like this. And what you do is you just put it up mm. in here. God, I thought that was going to look uncomfortable, but when you put it in, it actually looks no, It goes up in there. I mean, it's probably, I, I, I would probably prefer a little bit like longer, uh, longer here. But you can see that it, I mean, it looks a bit funny, but you can see that it flares up. I'll, I'll show you one thing. Is it? Oh, interesting. So when, when, when you see me breathing through my nose, Mm-hmm. Can you see that it, it, the walls of the nostrils here, they kind of suck down a little bit? Yeah. Right? So when we put this in. Ah, they don't. Interesting. So yeah. So, so these are actually a good little way if someone's having a bit of problem, a bit of an issue to um, keep that, yeah, keep what the nose. What uh, Just a nasal dilator. Just yeah, a nasal dilator. I think there's companies that make those, but I've I found a way that I can actually print 3D print these with oh. a with a with an open source um, file. So I have like you know, I work in this technology uh, field. So these guys are really clever. They were able to uh, print these things, and they can kind of refine it a little bit so it fits a bit better my own my own nose. So yeah, very 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 easy way to sort of like keep it open. But we do say that, of course, when you're running that, you know, eventually after running for some, some period of time, if you're practicing for a marathon, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be highly unlikely that you're able to breathe through your nose the whole way. At some point, at some point you'll, you won't, you know, it'll taper off the, the oxygen delivery and you'll start going in maybe more towards that lactic buildup and using lactate as an energy source. But um, so you're looking at about 50-50 whilst, whilst you're actually performing. So you, you, the idea is to start nasal breathing and, and maintain it as much as possible. But then at some point, it's, it's, it's not a shame or you're not, you're not losing or you're not failing if you switch to mouth breathing. It's no problems at all because when you get tired, obviously, you're going to produce more CO2 and you want to get rid of a bit of that too. So, but um, the, the obvious reason why we want to maintain nasal breathing for as long as possible in a marathon or any other athletic endeavor is because we want to make sure that all of these intercostal muscles and all this, all these other muscles aren't kind of like, you know what it's like when you breathe through your mouth, you know, your chest, all these, all these muscles require blood and oxygen. So we kind of, we call it blood stealing or oxygen stealing, stealing oxygen from your legs or from your arms, whatever you're doing. So by breathing through your nose, if you're sitting there, so now you're breathing through, I can't see any very, very minimal chest movement when you're breathing through your nose. But when you're breathing through your mouth, everything starts to move again. So, so it's, yeah, it's just it's a real difference, isn't it? your performance uh, if you're able to maintain uh, nasal breathing for a prolonged period of time in your, in your yeah. athletics. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think these things I are... practicing with it, actually. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm trying to do as well. CO2 tolerance, that's the big thing too. Oh, Patrick, okay. So yeah. doing the kind of Wim Hof style will improve that. Yeah. 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 Just be, just, and I mean, that, that was the biggest, that's why I was able to do the freediving stuff too, right? Because you take one breath and then you go, you go down 20 meters or whatever. And, you know, like 
you're kind of like, okay, the CO2 rises, the heart, like at some point the heart rate starts to boom, 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 boom. You know, it goes up, rises up again at the end of a couple of minutes under the water, one and a half minutes, 90 seconds under the water. I mean, it's a, a while in a cold water. And um, yes. understanding that you're okay with that and sort of like knowing that you've been there, you've done that, and this is kind of like a normal a normal circumstance. It's, it's exactly, you know, again, it becomes like a little checklist of like, okay, we're here now, we've got a little bit more to go, duh, 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 and then we reach the surface. Understanding and being okay with CO2 and understanding that it's helping you, um, that was a kind of a game changer for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and doing that style of breathing helps you build that tolerance. Um, the last thing, I guess, is people often track this with their aura or their whoop strap. I, I, something I look at as a metric is in terms of your actual respiratory rate at night. So I know that, you know, practicing kind of doing four to six breaths a minute is a great way of slowing it down. Whereas many people, I'll have some clients, you know, that are definitely over breathing and they're probably mouth breathing. And, you know, the breathing rate is like 17, 18 breaths per minute um, at night, which is really, really super high. Ideally, where where are we aiming for? Because obviously we can't necessarily maintain four to six when we're not consciously doing that. But presumably as the more that you consciously do slow down that breathing, the more that your system then picks that up and does it itself. Yeah. Um, well, it's just, it's, it's so very variable. Like you've got like, you've got quite like big people, like, um, you know, like my dad and people like that, that have like, for them, getting them to 12, 15, 17 would be like a, like a, like amazing. You know what I mean? Um, all I, all, I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so, so um, subjective to the person, but what I, what I know is that these things actually really help uh, for people sleeping. And I know that Patrick and other people have been talking about taping the mouth. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the things have to do with the, the position of the head on the pillow also. So if you have like your head, like we talked about when you're laying down breathing before, but when your head sort of tilted back, like really tilted back, you're more likely to sort of open up the jaw, jaw, relax, like jaw relaxes and then you'll, you'll start breathing. Uh, right into the back of the throat, which is where you hear the uh, yeah. snoring and apnea and things like that, sleep apnea, and uh, it sparked a reaction in you. Just, just, just <laughs> you, you, you coughed. Just even thinking about it, it's like yeah. it feels it feels so. Uh, oh. But calming the nervous system. We talked about spike mat. Some like don't do don't do a cold shower. Don't do a red light. Uh, session where you're kind of like amping yourself up maybe you take a bit of melatonin make sure you've got a firmish kind of pillow maybe that spiked mattress practice a four seven eight breathing technique box breathing is okay as well something where you allow a little bit of the co2 to rise up for more than you know four or five seconds and four, you start to eight, four, seven, eight is in for four hold for seven out for eight yeah. yeah, this is this is a, like a like a go to for me. Yeah. Like I know, you know, some some of my friends have been saying like you're always on about this four seven eight. I'm like it's it's so simple and it works. It's mm. so simple and it works. It is that breath hold that almost gets you in that sort of bliss state, isn't it? It, yeah. it has well, the space. The oxygen too. goes down, and you and and if you've done the Wim Hof method and you've had those prolonged periods of time where you're sort of just like you're in this restful state and you feel like oh I don't have to do anything. Mm. And, you know, usually, usually when you're doing these, um, these little pauses, you're not kind of thinking of anything else either. I'm never thinking of like, oh, have I fed the dog or, do, you know, not, nothing like that. It's more sort of this like little moment. It's like, okay, now I feel ready to breathe, like exhale. Yeah. 
So it just calms everything down. And then it's it sort of by default, if you, if you add up those numbers, uh, you know, it's 19 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Four, seven, eight. Yeah, it's really slowing it down. Really, it's three, it. three breaths in a minute. Right. So, this is why it's super effective because, like, people are like in my court, like classes or when I'm when I'm teaching these companies how to breathe, you know, while they're at the desk working or something. I'm saying to them, okay, you know, as you said, okay, six to ten breaths in a minute, and everyone's like, what? This is like crazy. This is like so. It's, you know, how is that even possible? I said, okay, hey, everyone, let's do it like this. I'll count. So let's do this four, seven, eight technique. And then they'll do the, and and then they're like, yeah, that feels pretty good. Everyone did it. And then I'm like, okay, that was like 58 seconds. You did three breaths. Yeah, that's amazing. And what do you find, like when you look at their breathing rates, because you were saying they're like with your dad, actually, that would be a good result. What's the average breathing rate then of somebody like your classic corporate exec who's really stressed? What have you found in your experience? Uh, it, it, it can be also it can be up towards uh, 25 30 breaths in a minute almost like panting you've got people oh, wow. that are- then that that is already that that breathing is already signaling anxiety so even if you weren't anxious to begin with right that's actually putting your body into it no matter how much coffee and all these other stimulants that they're having and then they then they find themselves in the the boardroom meeting where they're just lashing out because they're in this kind of someone's this one little thing that they don't and they're like, oh. and so. where's a good, where's a good like one? So if you're looking for a good reason, reading of thinking when you're not tracking, so in your sleep, you wake up in the morning and check your aura, where would be a good range? Uh, for rate of breath? Yeah. Uh, if you can get, look, if you can get somewhere between 10 to 15, it's actually really good. If you can get in there, it's it's uh, like, like for, for, for your sort of like average person. But then again, there, I know some athletes that are like super, super, like super low, super low. Like for example, like I've trained with uh, Stig Severinsen, and he was—he's he, like a—I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty convinced he's like half dolphin or something. Anyway, but he's—he can actually—he can lower his heart rate to like below ten beats in a minute when he's in there, when when he's under the water. He can literally—he's trained himself to to slow everything down they even measured this in the i think it was the danish army or military or someone like this actually measured all this stuff well with the with the medical stuff um he's he's like so he's trained himself to a point where he's just relaxed he's literally like almost he's still alive but he's kind of like he's just like innate almost that's like wow that really is the flow the flow state isn't it But, but but i think usually the if we're talking about sleep, the quality of sleep will be affected by how you how you're breathing as you go into the sleep, right? And obviously, the if you want to call talk about sleep hygiene and the pillow, the all the other stuff, the lights, and make sure over here in the summer we need the thick curtains because it gets really really yeah. light here, and that can affect everything. But um, it's it's a, it's about how you enter the sleep cycle, and if you can do four, seven, eight breathing, you can you can. Like if you have a little bit of melatonin too, uh, I don't know if people in the UK. Yeah, that's prescription in the UK. You know what I've been finding really helps is uh, chaga and actually chaga with um, lion's mane, just tinctures of that. Chaga really helps me. Completely, yep, yep. Mm. And a lot of people um, like uh, don't like to do the Wim Hof method breathing in the evening time because it's quite an active breath and it can actually stir up a lot of things. But for me personally, if I'm really, really 
if I'm having a hard time sleeping for whatever reason, I'll go and do some Wim Hof method breathing and actually I'll, I'll, I'll be ready for sleep after that too. But I'd try and it's, it's usually about 40, 45 minutes practice for me. Yeah. So I'd much prefer just to sort of like have this four, seven, eight breathing and I'll do three or four rounds of that. Maybe I'll extend the the pause or, the, you know, the, the seven might go out to 15, 20, right. maybe longer. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I'll exhale gently and then I'll start the round and I'll just start lengthening those pauses, just I letting the oxygen calm. Yeah. 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 I'm going to do that before I go to sleep. And have you found the breathing or the cold exposure more impactful in terms of lowering heart, sorry, raising heart rate variability and lowering resting pulse? Um, I think breathing, I think breathing, um, you can definitely tell, you can definitely tell the difference when you've had a, when you've done a lengthy cold exposure. But then the thing as well is I, I take, I do sauna, like, cause I have a sauna here. I have like sauna maybe five times a week. Okay. For how long, how long are you going? Uh, well, about 20 minutes. And is yours a hot rock or an infrared? Yeah. Hot rock. Okay. Traditional, traditional. Yeah. It's like, we call it kiwas with the, with the stones on there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, again, if you take it, like, these are all things like breathing, uh, con- like practicing conscious breathing is, is basically just thinking about how you breathe all the time. Like just, just being conscious and aware of like, Oh, I feel a bit sort of, Oh, I feel a bit, I didn't agree with that person, you know, the boardroom thing again, where it's like, Oh, I didn't. And it's like, relax, breathe, or you're about to walk on stage and give a presentation. Okay. I got this. I just need to breathe. Right. I just need to relax. Maybe do a small pause, maybe lengthen the pause instead of breathe through your nose, nice and relaxed. Um, Walking upstairs. Am I a little bit out of breath? Can I, can I breathe just in and out through the nose to recover? You know, there's all these little things that you can do throughout the day where you it's it's kind of like building your breathing practice. And then, of course, Wim Hof, we can supplement that in in the morning. Maybe uh, you can do some sort of, you know, these oxygen advantage techniques and Buteyko methods, kind of like a like a baseline breathing uh, for, for the day. But it's it's not always like you. It's something you have to be conscious of because you can find yourself in this situation. There can be a car rolling past and it shocks you or, you know, something, you get some bad news, whatever it might be. You read Facebook <laughs> any time during the day, that can also be enough. Um, so that's one. Thing it's always there is, is reassuring, right? It's there wherever you go. You can access it whenever you need to. And that's just amazing, I think. Once I once I figured that bit out, I was just like, well, I can just breathe whenever I need to. Yeah. And when then. Will, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say. Then you then you look at the situations where you where you like how to calm everything. It's like the the ice bath, the shower, the gym, the running. You know, you have the tools. Once you know those kind of principles of breath work, you can kind of start um, kind of experimenting with them a little bit in these different scenarios where yeah. you where you're like, okay, like I like to do. Sometimes I do these little uh, apnea uh, stair walks where I'm like every every day I go to this little bus, the the, the main station, and I walk up these stairs, and I just I don't breathe. Yeah, yeah. Close my mouth and, and no, don't breathe in. And I'm just up there and I'm just letting the CO2 rise. And by the time I get up, I'm like, just breathe yeah. a little bit out and then I recover mm. like this. So, and you know, when you can off, are you doing that nasally or are you doing that just mouth breathing? Nasal. Nasal. You always do even Mim Hof, you do nasal. Okay. Uh, yeah, nowadays I do. Yeah. At the start, it's always recommended that you just breathe. I think Wim himself says, hey, breathe through any hole in your head. Yeah, he does. 
<laughs> and get high on your own supply. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my God, I could talk to you all day and I'm sure people could listen to you all day. I, I think we're probably going to have to get you back. We didn't talk about free diving and I'm sure there's even more to breath yeah, work. That yeah, was fun. It was really fun. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Your Instagram is lots of fun. Have you got a website? Just shout out everywhere that we can kind of Oh, look, it's just my name, Lee Ewan, L-E-I-G-H-E-W-I-N, uh, LeeEwan.com, Lee Ewan on Instagram. They're the best places. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have some cool stuff to uh, for people to consume online as well. So I'm, I'm happy, like, you know, you know the situation, trying to get everything uh, digital. So yeah. creating good experiences where people can still get a safe and, um, you know, fulfilling experience from the from the couch or from the, the bed at home. So that's coming too. I'm happy about that. I'm excited about that. Awesome. And people can what, sign up to be notified of that on your website? Yeah, I've got a I've got a mailing list. Actually on my website I have a free um like it's like an ebook about breathing. So you get like a it's about conscious breathing. A lot of the things that we just spoke about, but starting the to build your breathing breath work practice. So it's a free ebook, and then I, you know, then then you can be notified of anything coming out after that. And nasal.io, I've got, I forgot to give that a little bit. Yes. Nasal, nasal breathing. So nasal.io. Awesome shirts, which you you can people can buy these right on your website. Yeah, yeah. yeah they look yeah. amazing. I'm one of those. And these are good. Like we do the oxygen advantage workshops with these on and stuff. So it's it's actually they're actually functional shirts too it's not just a pretty logo or something so yeah no it's very cool very cool shirt as well i think when when things open up i'm keen to come to finland and do one of your breathwork sessions of course of uh, course yeah. and, we'll, and we'll take you to the we'll definitely take you to the if you're up for it we'll take you to the the cold yeah oh yeah for sure i would love to go and do some cold swimming yeah yeah yeah, definitely right let's wait till we can get back flying again that's been absolutely amazing i'm going to link to everything in the show notes so thank you so much lee for coming on the show pleasure Pleasure. No worries at all. So thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, there are all the resources from today's episode over on my website, www.angelafosterperformance.com forward slash podcast. And you can go over there and access the show notes for this episode. You can find everything that Lee and I talked about. Um, you can actually also download the transcript. So if you really want to dive into the detail and start utilizing um, his tips and biohacks for really exposing yourself to the cold and enhancing your resilience, then you can go and find them all on my website, www.angelafosterperformance.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. I will see you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at angelafosterperformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.